Amen. Thank God for that happy day experience when we came to know the Lord as our own and personal Saviour. We're going to read this evening from God's precious Word, the New Testament Scriptures, Paul's letter to the Hebrews and the chapter 3. Hebrews and the chapter 3. If you were with us last Lord's Day evening, we were in Hebrews chapter 2. And so just coming again this evening to the third chapter, and we're going to read the chapter together. Hebrews chapter 3, and commencing to read at the first verse. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God." And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do alway err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin." For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Amen. And we trust that the Lord will bless this reading from his own precious and infallible word to each one of our hearts this evening. 
Amen. As we take our seats, we're turning once again in God's Word to Hebrews and the chapter 3. Hebrews and the chapter 3. I announced this morning that I would be speaking tonight on the unbelieving heart. The unbelieving heart. And perhaps as we read down the passage together, you were able to pick out that 12th verse. And verse 12 is my text for this evening. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. An evil heart of unbelief. The unbelieving heart. Let's unite together and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word this evening. Our gracious God and our loving Father, how we thank thee tonight that we can come before thy throne with the word of God open before us. And we pray, O God, tonight that help would be given as we would seek to preach thy word. And, O Lord, that each one would have grace even to listen, would have grace, O God, to receive that word. And, O, that each one, O God, that's gathered here or who would listen on, that, Father, they might know Thee as their own and personal Saviour, and that the love of God would reach into hearts this evening. Hear our prayer and continue with us now. We ask these things in the Saviour's great name. Amen. Well, of the many who hear the gospel, there are few who believe it. And that seems to have been repeated down through the generations. Even in the days of the prophet, you have prophets like Isaiah asking the question, who hath believed our report? And it would seem to be that many preachers since Isaiah have been asking the same question, who hath believed our report? And here we have the message, and what a message it is. It's a message that is worthy of all acceptation, and yet, largely speaking, it is a rejected message. Even when the Savior himself walked this very scene of time, the Savior trod upon this earth, and he was able to preach the gospel in all of its fullness, and yet we read of the Savior that he was despised and rejected of men. As he went about doing good, he was one who faced much opposition by the majority. And today we would have to say that the general population has no time for God, has no time for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Truly we live in a world that is filled with unbelief as far as the Bible is concerned. There is something of a hardening of hearts even today. And when we look into Hebrews chapter 3, the apostle has been drawn upon this example from history. He has been making reference back to the days of the children of Israel in Old Testament times in the wilderness. And you remember how they were redeemed and they were brought out of Egypt by the hand of the Lord. 
What a privileged people they were. What a prospect lay before them to enter into Canaan, to come to the promised land. But sadly, their hearts failed them. And their hearts failed them because of unbelief. And there would be a whole generation that would die in the wilderness. You look at verse 17 of our Bible reading. It says, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Those who had hardened their hearts against the Lord, those who had provoked the Lord to anger, those who had tempted the Lord and grieved the heart of the Lord. And as a result of their sin and unbelief, the Lord declared that they would not enter in. They would not enter into the promised land. You look at verse 11 of our Bible reading, and the Lord says, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And down at the very end of the chapter in verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And so they would perish in the wilderness. They would perish in their own belief. And the apostle, as he's writing to the Hebrews, he's wanting to apply the message to the hearts of his readers that they would learn from their forefathers, that they would learn from history, that they would not repeat the same mistakes of the past. And he brings them right up to that very day. And look at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Verse 13, similar words are repeated, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Look at verse 15, while it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. And over and over again, the apostle is taking them back to that very time when the children of Israel there in the wilderness were tempting the Lord, were provoking the Lord to anger, and the Lord declares, you'll not enter in. In our text of Scripture, the apostle says, take heed. There's a warning voice being sounded here. There's a word of caution that's being sounded out. And I want to use the words of verse 12 this evening in the gospel to apply the message to hearts that are even gathered here tonight. That like the Jews of old, we are a privileged people being able to hear the very word of God, being able to hear the gospel, maybe time without number. But maybe tonight there remains within your breast that heart of unbelief an unbelieving heart. And the challenge tonight in the gospel is that you would come to believe because of failure to believe. If you remain there in unbelief, you will not enter into God's rest. And as he had spoken of the land of Canaan, that promised land, by way of application, it speaks to us of heaven. 
and the heart that's filled with unbelief will not enter into glory, will not enter into heaven. The unbelieving heart. And as we think about that this evening, I want you to think firstly about the cause of unbelief. When you look at verse 12 of our Bible reading, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Not just an unbelieving heart, but an evil heart of unbelief. The word evil that is used to describe there the unbelieving heart, and this phrase is descriptive of one who fails to believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the inclusion of that word evil there indicates the root cause of unbelief, the cause of the evil of sin. The evil, the wickedness of sin, even as the passage has said, the deceitfulness of sin. And the unbelieving heart, here from the Word of God, we see that it's an evil heart. Today is often likened to the days of Noah. And you remember the sin that was abroad in the days of Noah to the very extent that it repented the Lord that he had made man upon the face of the earth. And in Genesis chapter 6, it gives to us there a description of man's heart in the days of Noah. There in verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And there was man's heart in the days of Noah. It was only evil continually. And that well describes the unbelieving heart, and the apostle brings it before us tonight in this text of Scripture, that there would be in you an evil heart of unbelief. Oh, the heart of man is described in the Bible. It's described in Jeremiah 17 and the verse 9. And it speaks there about the depravity, yea, the total depravity of the human heart. And the prophet writes, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The desperately wicked heart, that's the natural condition of man. And the fact that man's heart is naturally wicked and naturally evil is what leads to that unbelief. The sinner can hear the gospel, the good news that the Lord Jesus Christ has come into this world. He has gone to Calvary's cross. He has shed his precious blood. He has paid the price for our redemption. But they deny that word. They doubt that word. They disbelieve that word. And within their breast, there's an evil heart of unbelief. Man's heart, you see, is is biased toward sin. Man's heart is biased toward evil and towards wickedness. Men love darkness rather than light. 
And here we have before us the very revelation from God. We have his own inspired and infallible word. And yet man today would reject that word. He would not believe that word. That God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall. Salvation full at highest cost he offers free to all. They don't want to believe it. That's the result of an evil heart, an evil heart of unbelief. When we use that word evil, we want to to think of those perhaps gross sins, like murder, immorality, idolatry, and pride. But here, evil, there's no greater evil than failing to believe the Lord and in the word that he has given to us. And therefore, the heart that's filled with unbelief as far as God and the gospel is concerned is an evil heart of unbelief. The heart is deceitful. The heart is desperately wicked. The depravity of the human heart. Now that depravity doesn't mean that every individual is going to commit every possible sin. No, but the potential is there. And within every individual naturally, in our natural estate, there's that evil heart of unbelief. In Romans chapter 7 And in the verse 18, the apostle said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. And on down that same chapter in verse 23, he says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And naturally there you see the evil heart of unbelief. On into the next chapter in Romans, Romans 8 and the verse 7 Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And there you have that evil heart of unbelief that is naturally there within the individual. And there's the total inability of man, that inability within himself to to come to believe. The Gospel of John, in the chapter 1 and the verse 13, it actually shows us that it's not within the power of man. When it's speaking there about the new birth and the child of God, verse 13 says, which were born, not of blood. In other words, it doesn't run in the bloodline. If maybe a mother or a father is saved, it doesn't mean that the son or daughter is saved. It's not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Man's total depravity and evil heart of unbelief and man's total inability. It's not of blood. It's not of the will of the flesh. It's not of the will of man. It's of God. 
And so we're thinking tonight about that cause of an unbelieving heart. It's the evil that is naturally within that heart. And the truth is preached and the light of the gospel is shining. But due to the sinfulness of the heart, man remains in unbelief. Remains in the darkness of sin. But you look back at our text of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 3. And there in the verse 12, we not only see the cause of unbelief, but we see the course of unbelief. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And there's the course that that unbelieving heart is on. They're departing from the living God. There's the direction that the unbelieving heart is traveling. That evil heart of unbelief is going to go in the opposite direction from the Lord. That evil heart of unbelief, there's a turning away from the Lord. That's what apostasy is, turning away from the truth of Scripture. Comes from the evil heart of unbelief. And it takes that heart in the opposite direction from the Lord. There's a departure from the living God. And that's what the apostle was referring to back into Old Testament times with the children of Israel. He was speaking about their departure, the hardening of their hearts against the Lord. And gradually the heart gets harder. That evil heart of unbelief, it begins to get harder and harder. Do you remember back a short time ago, we had a real cold snap of weather? Some of the lakes began to freeze over. I thought about the process of that. Whenever it comes at the beginning, it's just a very thin layer of ice. Begins to harden there on the top of the water, just a very thin layer, but you could throw a pebble and it would go through it. But if there's not a thaw and it remains in sub-zero temperatures, gradually that ice will get thicker and it will get harder. And it can get to the very point where some people might even foolishly venture out onto the ice. But if there's still no thaw, it will get so hard that you could even perhaps drive a car out onto the ice. It has become so hard and so thick. That's the way the heart of man hardens. It may just be a little hardening at the beginning. But oh, as that evil heart of unbelief continues, it begins to thicken and it begins to harden more and more. And the heart hardens in stages. And even a heart that at one time has maybe been soft and tender to the gospel, it can become a hardened heart. And nothing hardens the heart more than unbelief. Nothing hardens the heart more than continually hearing the gospel and continuing in unbelief. The verse in Proverbs 29 and the verse 1, it's a fearful verse. 
It says, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. One that has sat under the gospel, has heard the gospel many times, but has remained in their own belief. They have never come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their own and personal Savior. And over the years, through stages, the heart gets harder and harder against the Lord. If you had time, you could trace it with the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt, but it was a mixed multitude that came out of Egypt. And there were those who remained in unbelief. In Exodus chapter 16, they were just a couple of months out of Egypt. They were at the wilderness of sin. They began to murmur and complain against Moses, and they said, we've no bread. We've no bread. And the Lord, in mercy, he gave them manna. The very next chapter, they were at Rephidim. They began to murmur again. They said, with no water. And the Lord did another great miracle, and he said to Moses, stand before the rock and smite the rock. And as Moses obeyed the Lord, the water flowed out of the rock. The Lord had mercy. There they were, murmuring and complaining, provoking the Lord to anger. A little further on, Tabirah, they murmured again. They said, we've no flesh to eat. We're fed up with this manna. The Lord had given them manna in mercy to sustain them. The Lord gave it to them miraculously and faithfully every day, and they began to complain against it, and they're now provoking the Lord to anger. We want meat. We want flesh. And the Lord in mercy gave them quails. He gave them it. Moses by this time was almost overwhelmed with the burden of leading the children of Israel. But all of that took place over a period of about two years when they were provoking the Lord to anger with their unbelief and with their sinning against the Lord. And then when the Lord uh, brought them to the very threshold of the land of Canaan and they sent out spies into the land, the twelve spies and ten came back with what was called an evil report. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a good report. They said, it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's a land with abundance, and we're well able to take that land. And they were ready to take that step and to go forward with the Lord. But the hearts of the people melted and the hearts of the people hardened with unbelief against the Lord. That's when the Lord determined. And he said, you'll not enter in. And they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness while that generation of carcasses fell in the wilderness. You'll not enter in. 
And the apostle here is applying the word to learn from the lesson. And he's bringing it right up to his day and he's saying, Today, today if you hear his voice. They heard the voice of the Lord in the wilderness and they hardened their hearts against it. They provoked the Lord to anger. And the Lord says, But today if you hear the voice of the Lord, Harden not your heart. They say in the gospel this evening, as the Lord would speak and the Lord would challenge hearts even through his precious word, that you would not harden your heart against the Lord. An evil heart of unbelief, the cause of unbelief and the course of unbelief, but thirdly, the consequences of unbelief. We've made reference to it already, but just look there in verse 11, just preceding our text. The Lord says, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And on down in the verse 18, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? And in verse 19, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Three times. It's repeated there, they'll not enter in. They'll not enter in. They'll not enter in. And that evil heart of unbelief will not enter into heaven. And that's the note of warning, the consequence of that evil heart of unbelief. And the apostle is exhorting them here in this passage. He's telling the Hebrews who are tempted to turn away from the truth and to turn back to the old ways. Fearful consequences. Your fathers perished in the wilderness. And there's the danger that if you turn from the Lord in unbelief, you'll perish in hell forever. And you could trace it through the Old Testament Scriptures and even there in the book of Numbers and the chapter 26, it's recorded at the end of that chapter that they were not permitted, they were excluded from the land of promise. And these Hebrews to whom the apostle is now writing as they're threatening to go back to Judaism and back to their old practices and back to their old ways, the apostle says, take heed. Take heed. The danger there of an evil heart of unbelief. The apostle is calling for that watchfulness to take heed. John chapter 8. Again, there are fearful words recorded there. And it speaks about those who would die in their sins. In John chapter 8 and the verse 21, then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. The verse 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Fearful words. To die in your sins. To die without Christ. To die in unbelief. 
Unbelief is that barrier that shuts you out of heaven. That evil heart of unbelief. But oh, tonight, the Lord challenges your heart. The Lord brings you under conviction of sin and you know that the Holy Spirit of God is striving with you and that you're not right with God and you know that you need to get right with God. Thank God tonight you can call upon him. He has said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can turn tonight from an evil heart of unbelief to a believing heart. What must I do to be saved? The answer is believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. To come to belief will be to enter into the Lord's rest. When you go into Hebrews chapter 4 and look for example at verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. We who have believed Oh, that tonight, if you've never come to Christ, that tonight you would come to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you would be saved. And when it comes to the end of your time here upon this earth and we pass from time out into eternity and we stand before the Lord, we could hear those words from the Savior where he would say to his people, to each one that has trusted in him, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter thou in. Enter thou in to the joy of the Lord. Thank God we enter in through the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight you can come to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul. May the Lord bless his word to each and to every heart.